0: Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast. Where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together.
1: I'm Jennifer Norton. And I'm Paola Castro. And it is our joy
2: to bring to you this wisdom teachings.
0: Have you ever met a person that is so incredibly radiant So warm and so familiar that you knew that you were meant to know them. That is exactly how I felt the moment I laid eyes on this individual. The universe is within this person, and she teaches that it is within us all. In her purity, in her sincerity, in her profound goodness, in her unique presence, she shows up. She shines and she serves mightily. It is my great, great joy to share Paola Castro, my sister, my colleague, and my co-host with you for this episode. Welcome, Paola.
1: Thank you, Jen. Thank you. That's so beautiful. Thank you.
0: I'm thrilled to have this conversation with you, my sister. I just want to tell our listeners that you and I have agreed to share ourselves with our community as we are both spiritual teachers in our own right. And so listeners, our dear listeners, you're in for a real treat with this episode. We're going to explore the integration of spiritual principle and a recent plant medicine healing experience and the divine epiphanies that are being expressed and experienced by Paola.
1: Thank you. Yes, I am so excited to do this with you. And yes, there's so much that we want to share with our listeners that we're going to be doing this once in a while where uh, Jen is going to um, be asking me questions. I'm going to be asking Jen's questions. There's so much wanted to be expressed and being burst through us. So yeah, I'm excited to, to share with everyone um, what's been going on in my life and 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 how this is a message for the world as we are going through these very transformative times.
0: Beautiful. I know how you show up, sister, and I'm just thrilled to support you in this. Well, I'm thinking that maybe we can create a foundation right now that will lead us into the plant medicine ceremony that you recently experienced by establishing... Um, Just a little bit about our recent um, initiation into the ecclesiastical order of the Spiritual Practitioner Corps. So do you mind if I ask you a couple questions around that for our listeners?
1: I don't mind that at all. Thank
0: you. Okay. So would you mind explaining to us, to our listeners, what is a spiritual practitioner?
1: For me, a spiritual practitioner is a... A seeker, a student. Uh, well, we decided to take the route into getting certified as an agape licensed spiritual practitioner. And uh, you don't have to follow that journey to be a spiritual practitioner i believe that there are many souls in the world right now that have come with this uh, innate curiosity to know better to go deeper into the understanding of who are we and what we're here for and what are our gifts and talents and what does the world need from us um and i know our listeners probably resonate with that Uh, Many of us, ever since we were children, we were asking big questions. And, you know, if I take on the theory of uh, Dolores Cannon, where she talks about the volunteers, like many, many souls that have incarnated into a human body that wanted to come and give light to the world, to bring more love to the world. Uh, So a spiritual practitioner is that curious student of life, those people that are uh, wanting to claim their birthright to be to, to be in, in joy in creativity and beauty, we all know that's her birthright. Um, and a spiritual practitioner, is someone that says I'm going to take an active role in activating those qualities within me. And as Reverend Michael says, I'm going to take that from him because it, it really resonates with me. A spiritual practitioner is the, is the person that practices, practices uh, truth through meditation and prayer and visioning and all those beautiful modalities. We get to practice the truth of who we are, which is, uh, you know, we are an expression of the one mind. We are an expression of the one source, however we call it could be spirit uh, god universe um and you know we practice that that oneness that unity and so that's a spiritual practitioner and we have you know in history great examples of that you know buddha and jesus and you know people that that have really come to that understanding and are able to be an embodiment of that so that that's the aim to be the embodiment of our oneness and our connection to source
0: oh i just love to hear you speak how beautiful how gratifying and also how inspiring what i feel you recognizing for each one of us through your own realization is that we are all spiritual beings that this again you said it's our birthright that we were born with this that there's maybe even nothing we have to necessarily do except admit it. Yes. And that that opens a a gateway into our own self-realization and our own empowerment.
2: Yes. Yes. Beautifully
0: expressed.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And, and, and that's it. It's not, that we are not that we have to work for it it's it's in us and we have to claim it we have to uh, we get to activate it we get to recognize it um and you know that could be a bit of um of um you know of a, a, a like a cat chasing its own tail <laughs> you know because we do all this work and i know i've done this in my life all this work it's almost like a big trying you try so hard And every time I've gotten into altered states of consciousness through meditation, breath work, or plant medicine, there is a theme. (laughs) There is is a a, a message that kind of follows the same theme. And the message is, Paola, don't try so hard. I'm here. You are it. There's no need to try. <laughs> it's more of a remembering. It's more of a leaning into, a surrendering into. So it's more of a relaxa- relaxation into it than, than doing this hard work, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, right.
0: Which the personality is like, could it, could it be so simple?
1: It is so simple. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, it's so simple. Might not be easy for the ego, but it's very simple.
0: <laughs> Bravo. Well put, well put. Now, I know as you work, because I was with you and I recognize this quality in you, I know that the spiritual quality that you are invited to bring forth as a practitioner is, I'll let you say it because it's yours.
1: Yes, it's divine order. So when Jen and I got initiated uh, as a licensed spiritual practitioner, our beloved teacher um, had us choose a quality, but um, it was quote-unquote randomly as yeah. we know there's nothing random in the universe it's all uh, orchestrated divinely orchestrated by by source by spirit and so we all took a little quality and then we had to read it out loud and my quality was divine order
0: divine order
1: yes 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 and and know I read it and I'm like oh what let me get into, into the feeling tone of divine order. Cause I can say divine order and yeah, you know, it's just words. But if I get into the feeling tone of divine order, oh my God, it just makes so much sense. And how my blueprint is, you know, as a soul uh, and all these years of self-discovery uh, order has been a thing for me. Um and, loving being in that space of order and harmony and uh, when there is disorder where there is um chaos um, that's where the seeker comes forth oh wait a minute I am out of you know truth or you know we can never be out of truth but that's what the mind is like let me see here how can I uh remember my divine innate Order. So that was very interesting uh, to receive that, very special, and then hearing when Reverend Michael was, um, you know, giving us kind of like the charge or, or, you know, blessing us with that quality, that he also said, um, in the world, there is a lot of um, paradigms and structures that are falling apart, things that are no longer um, uh, relevant or current. And so in the midst of that uh, crumbling or that chaos, there is a new order emerging. So here's uh, my big responsibility, if you will, is for me as a spiritual practitioner to keep that single eye that there is always a divine order emerging, no matter what the appearances are. So I've been diligent in practicing that and and let me tell you it is making me grow a lot because when i sit with a client um in in one of our sessions or where i'm in a group and i know i know that my client is going through something difficult and and i can you know with my human compassion be like oh you know like this is i can i can feel it you know many times in in one in my sessions i can get like a teary eye like oh I can feel a deep end, keep that single eye, that first eye, my intuition, my connection to source and knowing that no matter the circumstances, there's an order emerging. Or the other day I was doing this um, talk at LinkedIn and, you know, we were talking about uh, diversity and inclusion and and all these practitioners that work with diversity and inclusion, you know, they were saying like, It's so beautiful to talk about all the spiritual practices, but we work in an environment that is very corporate, very linear. Um, You know, sometimes it doesn't support this uh, new becoming, this new way of being. And so how to, as a a facilitator to hold the vision, yes, it is possible. It is possible to dance in the, in the paradox of life and the, you know, the contradiction of, it's, it's a dance, uh, you know, between the masculine and the energy and the yin and the yang. yeah. And, you know, to, you know, cause I'm still incarnated and, in, you know, in a human experience of so for my mind, my ego to not get caught out by the circumstances or by the the difficult questions is definitely um, challenging me in, in the best way possible.
0: That's magnificent. Yes, there is that resistance, that either or dualistic quality of the ego that yes. wants so badly to just make things right or wrong, black or white. And yes. in that two-sidedness there yes. is what we call divine order. Another another descriptive word for me for order is balance. Yes. Balance. It's not an either or. It's a it's a yes.
2: And (laughs) yes, yes. I love that.
0: As you say, we are in physical form. We're here voluntarily in this 3D experience. And I love what you're speaking into that the paradigms are shifting. Yes. That things are old institutions and things that served us up until now no longer serve us. And so w- there is something magnificent seeking mm-hmm. expression yes. in the corporate world, in, the, in any human environment, anywhere on Earth. There's something magnificent always seeking expression.
2: Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yes.
0: And is there anything else about your initiation or about that experience last month? pre your plant medicine, your most recent plant medicine adventure yes. that you want to share and speak into before we segue into the next topic?
1: Yes. Well, uh, well meeting. So for those who are listening, um, Jen and I just went through a, a, I mean, really the whole thing for most people was like a four year experience of training and getting classes online. But um the people that graduated with us, we met for two years on Zoom. So, uh, I mean, the resonance between all of us is is incredible. And to be able to be in person, to be with, uh, you know, to be able to hug, you know, our classmates and just be in the flesh. um, It just reminds you of how important, I mean, I love technology. I really, I really appreciate all of benefits of technology and human contact is so profound too so I, I you know that will that would be the thing that I wanted to, that I would like to add about this experience to be in community so it's just a reminder on how powerful it is to be with like-minded individuals face to face Yes,
0: life-changing. And I tell you, of all the photos that we took over the course of that gathering, those several days together, one of my favorites is a photo that a a classmate and beloved sister of ours, Jane Elizabeth, took of you and I. We're walking down the sidewalk, so it's like symbolically the path of life, right? The journey. And we're just walking together, and she took it from behind. It's just us, you know, Together in the physical. I just love it. I love that photo. We'll have to share it with,
1: with yes, let Share it with everyone. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: oh, how wonderful. Thank you, Paula. Mm. And so why don't we kind of segue into this most recent plant medicine ceremony experience that you had? Uh, I'll let you set it up and then I have a few questions for you about it. Is there anything you want to share with our listeners as far as a foundation explanation uh, about that
1: uh, yes. beautiful
0: experience? Yeah.
1: So after I went to LA, I flew back to Costa Rica and then immediately the next day I went into the Caribbean side of Costa Rica. I went to the Caribbean side of Costa Rica um, again synchronistically. Um, Maybe two months before this, someone, um, these beautiful ladies that I know said to me, you know, we're in great gratitude with you because I, you know, I introduced them to, to a person that it ended up being a great collaboration. And they were like, we want to invite you to our ceremonies. And I, you know, I have worked at a beautiful Um, retreat center here in Costa Rica where the main modality of healing is plant medicine, specifically uh, the plant called ayahuasca that comes from the Amazon. And I have participated in, in, I think up So now like maybe 10 or 11 plant medicine ceremonies, not only ayahuasca, but others. Uh, So I have some experience with it, not a lot. Um, I am a very sensitive being. And so for me to show up to a ceremony, um, usually my answer is no, not yet, or I don't feel the call. And it's interesting to look at myself when someone invites me and then all of a sudden I said, "Okay, yes, it's just it comes very easily to me when I'm ready. Mm -hmm. So long story short, they invited me to this. And what was interesting for me about it was right after our initiation at Agape. So it, it almost felt like a big yes, you know, a big full body yes. And um so I, I flew to the Caribbean to participate in a couple of plant medicine ceremonies and it was specifically ayahuasca. And so for those who are listening and don't know what that is, this is a medicine. So around the world, there are different tribes, indigenous tribes and, and you know that have used for thousands of years um the power of of, of, of you know, plant of the plants, Mother, Earth, contains within her, so, I mean, medicine, not only the ones that are uh, alter your state of consciousness, but, you know, and we find s- so much medicine in different plants. I mean, we can start talking about ginger or, or you know, chamomile or cannabis, like there's so much in nature for us, uh, but this one, so every plant has a different spirit and has a different intention. Ayahuasca specifically is for the awakening of consciousness. That's what it does. So uh this plant medicine specifically comes from the Amazon in South America. And I remember the first time I was introduced you know to it, someone told me about plant medicine. Being Costa Rican, you would think, oh, she probably grew up knew it knowing that. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is that um in the colonization of the Spanish, um first there weren't many indigenous um the, 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 the indigenous population at the time wasn't so big. There's, you know, history that says that many of them just flee away into the mountains or went into other countries. So we have a heavy influence from the Spanish. And, and with that comes, um, you know, a lot of Catholicism and Christianity. Not to get too much into it. I never grew up with that. In fact, anything that had to do with indigenous culture here was seen maybe not so healthy, maybe not so good. So the um I'm so grateful that this is changing. I'm so grateful that it found me and I had the openness to say, Oh, let me let me look, let me, let me be curious and look into that direction. So um that's what plant medicine is. Um, you know, there was one time I was able to talk to very briefly to the shaman, and he calls it um, a remedy. He'd tell me, "Are you are you drinking remedy with us tonight?" And in Spanish is remedio. And um, what's interesting is that this plant, what it does to you is that it goes into your system and if there's something there that it's not in resonance with a higher frequency with the frequency of love and light and beauty uh it will have you purge it out Mm. so i remember when i was a little girl you know if i was sick you know my grandma will you know give me some kind of remedy that will make me purge perch the whatever i ate or whatever it was so it's interesting the correlation now you may say well i'm not sick i'm i'm perfectly healthy in my body right now and we carry a lot of sickness in the mind you know, a lot of viruses in the mind from the programs that we received when we were little. Um, so this remedy, quote unquote, is uh, allows us to purge what no longer serves our um, spiritual unfoldment and personal unfoldment. And then it allows us also to remember, to remember in a very visceral way uh, who and whose we are. So um, yeah, that's what plant medicine is. I am not making justice of of the beauty and the and the and the sacredness of it because uh, I've always kind of worked with it, but outside of it, uh, at this beautiful retreat center that I I've, I've served for five years full time, and I still go in and out. Um, I was always supporting people with integration with, you know, after you drink the medicine, how do I make sense of it? How to, you know, you know, I saw a lot of things, a lot of things happen. Like, how do I ground myself? Like, I don't, you know, so I always work with that with the help of Reverend Michael's teachings too. Uh, So, but when you go as a practitioner, when I go in the medicine, not outside, but in the medicine, it's, it's really profound and magical for me. (laughs) And I'm going to pause it there. It's so so um, Yeah.
0: Fantastic. I feel like this is, if you don't mind my saying, this is the heart of this episode for me, is your skills and experience with helping others integrate vision, integrate the ineffable, the, un, the unspeakable. Yes. And when I say unspeakable, I don't mean because it's a it's a sin or a crime or yes. or shall not be named. I mean it is impossible for the finite mind to. Yes. We don't have the vocabulary. We don't. It's it's not possible for the for the finite mind or what maybe um, a different type of spiritualist would call the carnal mind. It's been known as that as well. But the the human mind, the one that has conditioned beliefs and experiences that it translates into fear, doubt, and worry, and, and Limits and all of this, and and uh, it it is unspeakable. We we it is difficult to, as you say, integrate or embody all of that intelligence into the daily life. Just as those executives were saying to you on LinkedIn, how do I take something spiritual and bring it into the office, or how do I take? you know, the truth about myself when I'm understanding what is seeking to emerge and make it daily, bring it into my daily activities, into my relationships, into work. And and you're a specialist at this. So listeners, Paola has a lot of skills and a lot of experience, not only, you know, practical and pragmatic, but also profoundly spiritual, uh, wisdoms around how do we be what we truly are? Yes. Here in the 3D, I, mm-hmm. I know you have gifts in this area and I just want to recognize you right now mm-hmm. for allowing yourself to go there, allowing yourself to get that experience and, mm-hmm. and to have the ability to walk with people and guide people, not only while they're having a very profound experience, but also when they, again, want to embody it, or this is the movement that wanted to come through my body, you know, mm-hmm. the weaving yeah. the the integrating to, to yes. be integral and integrated and whole and in alignment with ourselves yeah. and and that is a, a beautiful process it's an ongoing thing that that you have yeah. allowed in your life to to face beliefs to face fears to 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 stand in front of yourself and receive a higher truth to as you say remember and to yeah. allow yourself to speak up and to make sound Mm-hmm. So that individual inside of you mm-hmm. the, the the human the child yes and the the great eternal infinite being that that I know you are and that you know that you are so i, I i'm just taking a moment to thank recognize you. you and celebrate you paula
1: thank you and yeah you just um in, in everything that you said when you were talking about integration you said there were whole wholeness and and to To integration means comes from integrare, which is to make whole. And the thing is that sometimes people would like to people like all of us like to be in the um, outer state of consciousness. And, you know, it's almost like um, we're out there in the ethers. Right. And it feels so good. I love listening to Ramdas. He talks a lot about his own spiritual exploration when he will do mushrooms and other psychedelics and you know, he will keep getting um high in a way, which is a beautiful sacred, sacred thing to do. And there is an end. We're in a human you know, in human incarnation. How do I bring that here to the curriculum that I decided to to walk because there's i mean this this uh, plant medicine is so sacred it does give us great healing like the amount of healing people receive and i have received again it's it's um i have no words and when it comes to our day-to-day life we still have to show up there's no shortcuts and so integration is how do i bring heaven to earth how do I bring all that wisdom so that I can be that wisdom? You know, going to the supermarket when you know my <laughs> plumber comes because it's just happened before. My plumber comes and instead of fixing things, he broke things. You know, how do I? Do, how do I? You know, everything that I receive through my uh, plant medicine ceremonies. How do I bring love and compassion and and assertiveness? So, yes, that's what integration is. Uh, so that's what I love to do, working uh, outside of the medicine, um, I mean, with, with her and not in, in, you know, in the experience. There are other practitioners that do incredible work with that, like these beautiful shamans that I'm working at, that I was talking about, the people at this retreat center that, um, oh, every helper and every person there, I can cry thinking about their love and it's it's a beautiful work that they do in that realm now we need other practitioners to do to do the work in this you know the more uh 3d physical realm so i think it's a beautiful combination um now the other thing that you mentioned is that you know you were saying thank you for showing up for that and and i don't know if you said this word but what I would say, when you say yes to ayahuasca or any other plant medicine that alters your state of consciousness, but especially ayahuasca, it's very confrontational, but not because the spirit of the plant is mean or, or doesn't love you. It's because it, it invites you to see what you don't want to see in your, when you're in the dream when we're when you're in the as uh carlos i uh, know what's his name don miguel Reese would say when we're in the mitote remember that word the the, yes. the, the kind of like yeah the dream the illusion the gaia uh the maya i'm sorry um
0: maya,
1: yeah yeah um
2: so that is not comfortable and when you do it
1: you come out of it. It could be It could be a, like a little dark night of the soul. You're like, ooh, look at all of this, all these things that I didn't want to see about myself, all these memories that I have repressed, all these behaviors that I have in life, the way that I cope, and, you know, you, you get to see them. But when you open your eyes and you look at them, you, know, you might purge, you might cry. But then when you come out of it, oh, you come out light. You, everything, it's it's brought to the light. All the shadows are brought to the light. And you become um, more aware, more awake in a way. So it is not an easy choice. But once you make that choice and you go through the fire, um, mm. I am so... I mean, I, because for me, it's not easy to show up. Some people are more brave or more courageous or they have different... Things to work with it um, so they show up a lot more to the medicine but you know coming from my perspective someone that um you know I'm probably going to have plant medicine for the rest of my life as as a tool uh and when I say yes to it which is very randomly these days I want to like hug myself and say to myself thank you Thank you so much for saying yes, even though it can be scary at times, even though, you know, can be very confrontational. The freedom at the other side is, it's, uh, you know, I can't even describe it, but it's pretty profound.
0: I agree with you. And I want to take this opportunity to reiterate what you're saying, because it is a reflection of anyone's choice, whether plant medicine is involved or not to heal.
1: Yes. You
0: know, to like you're describing, to look at the belief systems or the habits or the things that, that we as a, as a human, having this finite, limited experience, the, the things that we use to keep us safe, the things that we learned as infants and toddlers and children and being socialized in a world that, that up until now is still very disconnected from the heart, um, yes. you know, we learn to survive. And, and nobody's wrong for doing that. Nobody's, nobody's wrong for doing that. That is part of our awakening Mm -hmm. as a loving being, as, as one with this beautiful, infinite realm of love consciousness. This is why we're here. If I, if I could be so bold as to claim that for the species, we're here to do exactly what you're describing, Mm -hmm. which is to remember Mm -hmm. and to heal those for, for efficiency, those lies or those misunderstandings, if I could put it in a more gentle way, that we've all picked up along the way and that we are invited to shed and let go of. And that takes great courage, not bravery, Mm -hmm. because we're not in any danger, but but courage, heart,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, love. Mm -hmm. And I applaud you, Paula, because you're so eloquent. You're so wonderful at explaining things in a way that we can understand. No, that we, your students, and your clients, and your and your colleagues, and your listeners, can understand. And so, here we are. I'm inviting you to remember you're traveling into that realm of consciousness, which I know you access, whether you are participating in 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 the mother ayahuasca, <laughs> mm. or right now in this conversation. I know I know that you have the ability to lead me and to stand in the infinite and you have this great gift of of making the ineffable effable in making the indescribable describable i believe this is part of your service as paola to take what you witness in meditation in prayer and and even in the in the plant medicine experience in your let's call it your practice as a spiritual mm-hmm. being and all that that includes there are there are colors. There's there's geometry. There's imagery. There's mm. uh, vibration. Um, mm. There's energetic realities. And again, I'm poorly trying to describe what is yes. wordless, what is
1: indescribable. Yes, 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 yes.
0: And and there's a part of the the ego, my my beloved friend, my beloved personality, that I'm not at war with, and that is a part of all of this. That is amused and tries to nice, yeah. talk about. I mean, we have a podcast, you know. Right. Um, so, will you speak into this for us, please? What does it mean to you as a spiritual teacher to 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 try to put into the word to try to put into words what what is somehow impossible to describe? <laughs> Where are you with
2: that?
1: Thank you. I love hearing you saying that, that, that's my, you know, that I have a gift to, to explain it in a way that, you know, we can understand. And, and I, so thank you. Thank you. I, I believe that's something in me and I have a very curious mind. I have a very active mind. I am very cerebral in many ways, meaning I love learning. I love knowing. I remember one day in another ceremony, uh, I had this beautiful friend who was a helper in the ceremony. And, uh, you know, it was a very intense moment. And I was asked to be taken outside to the, you know, to, to be able to touch the grass because I needed some grounding. But I was all over the place, like my mind was looping. And I was just like, <laughs> and she's like, she called me, she, she called me to my center and she said, I know Paola, you like to know about what's going on right now, but I need you to focus. And I'm like, okay. You know, and she was also referring to that, uh, quality of mind that I really want to be present for the process. I don't want to miss a bit. (laughs) <laughs> and I know that uh, by the time I come back to the dream, because I think when you do medicine or or, or, or any of this, and again, we, we want to include meditation, uh, yes. profound prayer, visioning, um, breath work. Breath work is also an incredible way to, to get there. Um, when, when we are in this altered state of consciousness, um, there's a lot going on. And then when we come back to the dream, you know, so do, doing all of these modalities for me is—you wake up, <laughs> you wake up to you—you you remove the veil. Let's talk. Let's, let's put it that way. We remove the veil. There's a lot going on, and then once we come back, the you know the veil kind of comes back a little bit, and then you come back. You, you know, you continue with your dream. What I want to say with all of that is that I have done my best to to capture what has happened in my ceremonies and and put it into words now i know a lot of that is my own symbolism my own um the the, the arc the archetypes that i hold in my subconscious mind so listeners please listen to this knowing that um listen to the essence of what I'm saying without being caught up in any um, symbol or dogma or, or any any of that particular nature. So yes, yeah, so my ceremony, this last one, and I want to talk specifically about this last one because there's great messages for all of us, for humanity. Um, and so my ceremony started in, in the most humbling way. Because here I am, someone that just graduated as a spiritual practitioner, and I'm ready to teach the world all the things that I learned through Agape and Reverend Michael and through my own experiences. So there is this, um, egoic sense of like, okay, you know, I'm here to, to give, to support. (laughs) I just love, I just love when life humbles me and, uh. So I show up to the first ceremony and the first thing that happens and I start crying. I start just, you know, cr- it wasn't crying out loud. I was just just shedding a lot of tears and holding my heart and just feeling like an innocent little girl. Just, you know, remembering things from my childhood that happened that broke my heart. And, um, you know, my, my cry that first night was pretty silent, which is very symbolic to the way that I don't want the world to see my emotions, how I protected myself by just going inside and just it's just this is me and me like nobody needs to know that, uh, you know, there's a big, you know, there's big sensitivity within myself. And so. That was beautiful. That was um, it. Was a very gentle night. It was a lot of crying. The next day, I wake up, and uh, I don't know if I've ever spoken out loud about this. And maybe definitely not in the podcast, but in some other videos where I sometimes get this pain in my shoulder, and it's very confusing to me because you know I I try to do the yoga and the pilate. I mean, I've done all sorts of healing things to to figure it out why does my shoulder hurts and if you go if I go talk to a chiropractor they'll say well you have to make sure that your table is all ergonomic you know kind of like trying to understand it from this from a materialistic point of view right. but the pain is there sometimes it flares up in the most random moments and then I go to a yoga class the next day after my first ceremony and the teacher says we're going to open up the chest. We're going to do some movements in which we're going to open up the chest. So for those who have drunk medicine, you know that when the ceremony is over, the ceremony is not over. Once the medicine is in you, she keeps working on you. (laughs) You know, even if you think, oh, I'm I'm all sobered up, like I'm all good. Um, So that's the next morning. And she had us put this thing in our back and laying in this bolster and opening our chest, opening our hearts. And I was there. And then she says the phrase: "For those who tend to suffer from upper um, back pain, or uh, you know, the back pain in the upper side of your, you know, back, um, many of us have never received, or have um, have failed to receive, the emotional support that we need." And then all of a sudden, everything made sense. And I just started, I wanted to cry like it was, you know, I just wanted to start crying and never stop. I mean, the the pain and the sensation in my chest was so profound. I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of the previous night in which I was discovering all or, or reliving all of this moment as a little girl where I didn't feel that the adults around me my caregivers were available to give me emotional support and I learned I made it mean it wasn't that my parents were giving me this message I made it mean as a little girl my emotions are inconvenient they bother people the adults they're inconvenient they will Incom- being convenient for a moment you know how as children we want to cry in the middle of the supermarket or we want to just you know throw a tantrum in the middle of a class you know Right. but I got it you know smart little girl was I like, know this is not okay I can see then the moment I start showing emotion and I need something First, there's nobody there to to say it's okay to feel the way you feel in fact the way that i learned was it's all going to be okay let's just eat something or oh, let me distract you into something else but stop you know by all means stop crying there's this discomfort in being in the presence of big emotion and um and you know, and all this I know my caregivers, you know, whoever was my, you know, my, my nannies at the time or or my parents, they were doing the best they could, you know, with what they knew what they had. They probably did it way better than their parents did to them. And uh that doesn't cancel the fact that I created this belief system. It says it's not convenient to feel, it's not convenient to uh be you in your emotions, plus Um, there's nobody here to support you. So you better support yourself, which for an adult, this is a wonderful, empowering message. But for a little kid, you know, you you need that guidance. So without making this story too long, um, what I want to say is that that was activated and I needed to cry and understand that as an adult now, it's okay to ask for myself emotional support. I think I... I thought I did it, but there are many subtle ways in which I don't, which I hide it, which I keep it all together. I'm all good. Nobody needs to support me. I'm supporting the world. So that's one of the things I love when I drink ayahuasca. It's so humbling. It's so humbling. And yes, I might know all these things, and still there's a little girl inside of me that needs my attention that, uh, still uh, in need of all these things that sometimes I, um, because I'm in the mortal mind or in the, you know, in the achieving mind, uh, I ignore her. Another thing that was created at that time in my life is that, um, the best thing to do was to to search for praise or search attention through praise and achievement and you know all these other beliefs. I am worthy because I achieve, like all of that came um in just one night of ayahuasca. Um I kind of suspected that was there, but it's such a visceral experience that you can't hide from it. And once you see it, you can unsee it. And then the next night, it kind of picked up where I left it the first time. But I want to pause here in case you have a question or anything to say.
0: I want to recognize that uh, what you are describing feels to me, resonates in me as a universal experience that most children at some point or another interpret that their essential self, their innate true self is not okay at, mm-hmm. in a certain moment or mm-hmm. circumstance. And that might be repeated at school. It might be reinforced, you know, socially, not only in our homes. Yes. And again, you spoke into what, what you interpreted certain facial expressions or tones of voice or communications meaning. And so I invite us all to to take responsibility yes. within ourselves and recognize that for the little one inside yeah. who who may have interpreted things from a limited understanding of what was going on in the yes. house or mm. school room or grocery store. Yes. You know, there's a lot of forgiveness there and allowance in what yes. you spoke into. And I believe you're talking about what is probably a universal experience for the human yes. child.
1: Yes. 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 And I
0: thank you for, for having the courage to speak up about it and mm. to release yourself and all of us in sharing this story from what feels like an enclosure. You know, we talk about Maya, you're talking about the dream Mm -hmm. and, um, or the hypnotic state. And, and again, having the courage to face that and to share that with us, Paola, Mm -hmm. I, I, I thank you for speaking into emotion, speaking into what is beyond the intellect.
2: Yes. Yes. And
0: in that, um in the second evening as you're going into again another experience of remembering and awakening with ayahuasca and you're traveling into what is present and always available there's this message of of you are you already are that which is seeking to express itself
2: yes yes
0: um c- can you share with us a few of the messages that you experienced that second evening
1: um, oh, goodness, yeah. Oh, that yeah. second evening was so, um, they call it in the tradition, the ayahuasca tradition, they call it a pinta. A pinta is when you have a lot of visuals. You can have a pinta, you can have a consulta, which is like a, a consult or, you know, like a download from your higher self. Um, you can have a very purgative night, which is you might not see or hear anything, but you purge a lot. Or you can have a nada, which is that the the medicine either puts you to sleep or you just kind of don't feel it, and the reason for that is that uh, they believe that the medicine sometimes needs to work at a subconscious level, at a level where your conscious mind is not aware of it, because it could be either too heavy or it belongs from like to your ancestors, like things that um, happened a long time ago. But I had a pinta. Pinta and a console, but it it was intense. I mean, the level of visions that were like and this is a world that again, you don't have any words, so uh, I'm I'm doing my best to try to explain. Um, but the main theme of that night after, you know, I, I picked it up where I left the first night, which is a lot of crying and a lot of release. And once I stop the crying, I enter into this realm of consciousness that I call it my inner universe or, you know, my interpretation of my micro universe, which is the same as the macro universe, um. And so in this world, I'm navigating it very gently. It wasn't a big bam, because my intention, which is another thing that we want when when, when I work at this retreat center, they say, let's have a very clear intention, uh, which is not an expectation, but an intention. So my intention was to surrender with love and gentleness. Mm-hmm. So very loving and very gentle. gentle she takes me, the, the, the spirit of the plan takes me into this universe And then all of a sudden I'm like, ooh. I am feeling now. I'm, I I understand. I'm in it. <laughs> okay. At first, I was like, "Am I seeing this?" Kind of like that little um, skeptic in our minds. Like, "Am I seeing this? Am I making this up?" But no, it was real. So as I am in it, I enter into this what I'm calling now a chamber. It was this beautiful chamber, and I going through the doors of this chamber, and all around it was this beautiful sacred geometry in the colors of mostly. Uh, orange and yellow Um, but mostly orange and I don't know what the sacred geometry was but it was vibrant it was intense the frequency of that space of that realm of of, you know that state of consciousness was so profound and so intense that when my mortal mind when my curious mind wanted to kind of pick up what was going on I couldn't it was almost like electrifying like i can i can't try to understand what's going on so it it this navigation happens through it happens beyond time and space and happens beyond the logical mind um but i so i'm listening to my to my heart and and there's no conversation there but it's like inner knowing and i'm i'm being weighted at this particular destination as i'm entering it's almost like i'm I'm, um it's like a not a parade but like i'm walking towards a space and as i'm walking towards that space all i can think is i don't have what it takes to walk through it i I can't i just i just thought this is too much there was a sense of like no (laughs) i can't uh but yet there was something in me that said of course you can and you will do it. And that's the, that's the end of this conversation. You'll do it. You're walking. And I had uh, supportive guides next to me. I couldn't see them, but I knew I wasn't alone. And as I'm walking in, I'm starting to get concerned if I'm being disruptive to the ceremony. Because in my mind, it seemed like I was the only one having a big reaction to the medicine by that point. And so I decided to plug my ears for whatever reason, or this the spirit in me, you know, my higher self, plug my ears. Like literally, I plug my ears with my fingers, and then this walls or this um blinders come around my eyes. Almost like to block my peripheral vision. And in front of me, this beautiful eye speaks to me and said, Paola, it doesn't matter what other people think. Don't you see who you are? Yes, <laughs> and and then so I kind of like understand, and I'm like, yes. So don't forget, just just almost like grasp it this moment with all your beingness, so that when you are back in the Maya and the dream, you can come back to this. And now, I want to say to our listeners, this is you too. You know, because we're all one, right? This this is your your message too it doesn't matter what people think if you are on your path if your soul is calling just go because you are you are the beloved child you're the special king or queen and and you know the kingdom is waiting for you to walk through it so i was like okay i can and then but i call the the shaman because I was like, this is too overwhelming, like, I don't know, if I'm going to go crazy here. And so the beautiful lady came, and she started doing her ikados and singing with her feathers and everything, and it brought me into this beautiful space of ecstasy, and all of a sudden I was there, I arrived to my destination, and my destination was this throne. It was, it was, it was a chair, but it was a beautiful chair, but... It, I knew it was a throne. And remember what I said at the beginning, these are our symbolism and arch- you know, archetypes that I hold in my subconscious. So um, I'm in this throne and this masculine presence to my right and feminine presence to my left said to me, welcome, you have arrived. You made it. And I, you know, kind of like doubting, doubting a lot. I'm like, really? Like, but then what does this even mean? What about other people? I don't want to think that Paola, you know, is the one. I want to understand what about the world? And very, very lovingly, it showed me this vision of infinite amount of thrones and all this beautiful souls sitting yes. in their own throne. And it said to me, everybody has a throne. Everyone. Everyone is special. And it's okay for you to accept that you're special. Sit in your throat almost like own it. And this reminds me, and I teach this a lot when I go to, when I go to Arrhythmia, when I go to the retreat center. I read the, every class, my first class there, I read the poem by M. Williamson. Your deepest fear is not that you're inadequate. Your deepest fear is that you are powerful beyond measure.
2: It's not your darkness that scares you the most; is your light. So I'm being challenged there
1: to accept my 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 light, my my how special and beautiful and powerful I am, and all my program, my systems, you know, and my subconscious. My, they want to decline it. No, it can't be right. Really? Am I am I being a narcissist? You know, I asked that question like. It's almost like, yeah, like I was at the other day, I posted this. I read it from a book. When you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. (laughs) (laughs) So the invitation was like, don't fight for your limitations. Accept it. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to accept it. I I understand everybody's taken care of and I'm going to accept my, my birthright, which is to, to, to be powerful and to be happy and to, not happy, joyful and creative, all the the beautiful qualities of spirit. And so from that moment on, I kept this voice repeating in my ear, wear your crown, wherever you go, wear your crown. The interesting thing, which is this is a, a teaching around the topic of will, free will. Nobody was putting that crown on me. I had to put it on me. I had to choose to put it on. So in a nutshell, that's, that's the, I mean, I can talk for hours about this, (laughs) but um, yeah, it was, it's a powerful experience of accepting the powerful being that we are, but we're all so scared to be powerful. We're, we've been we've been fed this information for thousands of years that were inadequate, that were small, that, you know, that we need to follow, you know, this, the powers that being that, you know, they just want to control us, but they're right because you have to follow, you know, like there's so much that it's been transferred to us through generations that claiming this throne and claiming this crown and and wearing it and being courageous enough to do it, now, that's what I said at the beginning. I'm at the point where I'm integrating all of that. So what does that mean? And, you know, and it means that when I send an email, you know, later after I, I finished this podcast and, and I'm self-doubting because I don't know if I'm saying the right words, if I'm going to be, you know, the fear of being rejected or not loved and accepted and it comes through, you know, that's the moment where I'm like, Paola, wear your crown. It's Okay hit send, you know, or, or when later when I go into, you know, um, I don't know if, if, I, if I'm, speaking at, at Rysmia and, you know, I'm, I'm, um, for a moment I get distracted by my ego because I don't know if people are uh, receiving it well or not to stand in my ground and say, just be the channel for spirit to flow through. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if they love you, if they don't love you, it doesn't matter because remember who you are.
2: <laughs> so I've been practicing that and uh I'm excited to continue to integrate this.
0: Well, I'm so grateful that you're willing to to put on your own crown and to understand that you taking your own symbolic throne takes nothing away from any of us in fact you are a living demonstration of what that looks like Mm. and i know we each have our own way and it's really wonderful why would we be billions of people on the planet if not to learn from one another yes your reflection is so appreciated i say to that little girl inside of you i see who you are and i am so grateful for everything that has brought Paola to this exquisite eloquence, to this ability to embody and be true to herself and to her soul's vision and to spirit's vision for her life. Thank you for Mm -hmm. taking the throne. Thank you for choosing to do that over and over and over again, no matter what beliefs come up, to shine the light on them yeah. And to recognize that your your specialness, your magnificence takes nothing, your importance takes nothing away from mm. anyone. It does just the opposite. It nourishes the truth. It nourishes our remembrance. Yes. And mm-hmm. those of us who know you and are fortunate enough to be near you, we benefit from that choice, Paola, from your willingness to show up and to speak into your experience so that we can reflect ourselves in your light and in our own light. You take nothing away from us. You, you you really show up so beautifully. I'm so very grateful for you.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just true. It's true. Um, I hear you reflecting this inner nowhere, this inner wealth of, uh, of resource that you have and that we all have. Um, that that our gift, each one of us, our gifts, are our very willingness, is our very willingness to be present with ourselves in love, in compassion. Yes. I heard you speak into the qualities of spirit that you mentioned joy, you mentioned goodness and and love. Is there any other part of your vision? I'm going to ask you to go into a practice in a few moments but I but I want to ask you is there any other part of your vision be it from that experience or what you've what you've realized and and put into embodiment since then that you want to share with our listeners.
2: Hmm. My goodness, yeah, I mean there was another
1: part where and this wasn't a vision, it was uh, an actual experience where I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and as I had to go to the bathroom, you know, when I've been before in plant medicine ceremonies, the bathrooms represent to me um, like a dark place. Because, you know, everyone goes there to perch whatever is no longer serving them. So I sense the energy of a, of a bathroom as a intense. So I, I take... I, I I tell myself, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to take my bucket in case, you know, there's in some extra purging that I need to do. Um, and the moment I entered the bathroom, I decided to not close the door completely to kind of leave it open just mm-hmm. in case. And uh, in this particular situation, there was this, you know, usually bathrooms don't have mirrors when you're Drinking the medicine is a thing. Like people
0: should look (laughs) at very important. Yeah. Right?
1: (laughs) Make you a little um crazy. And uh (laughs) and I'm like, okay, there is a mirror. I shouldn't be looking at the mirror. So it's all of this planning and preparation just in case something bad happens. And so I sit in the toilet, I'm kind of like a little hunched, a little like, you know, with my shoulders forward and then I hear the voice wear your crown so I you know make my make sure that my spine is straight and the moment I did that it said the voice said to me my inner my higher self said to me do you see what you just did (laughs) take note take note that is called anxiety that right there it's your anxiety you plan just in case something bad happens to you. Mm. This moment is perfect, and it's interesting, Jen, because at, at Agape we talked about we talk about spiritual principle, mm. and there there's spiritual principle that says we live in a friendly universe, we live in a benevolent universe that always wants to give, wants to always wants to love, wants to give more of itself to you. And through that night, I had the opportunity to integrate a couple of those principles into myself, and it almost told me, like, "Don't you teach? This is a friendly universe. You are the beloved child of the universe. Why would something bad happen? You're so loved." And um, so, from that point on, I was repeating a couple of phrases that I want to share with all of our listeners. One phrase was, this present moment is perfect. Nothing
2: bad is going to happen to me.
1: I will, you know, now in my, as I'm here and I can edit it a little bit, I will just say, this present moment is perfect. I trust this present moment. Because so many times in the name of anxiety, while I'm planning just in case something bad happens to me. We miss the beauty of the present moment. And not only that, you know, ayahuasca has given me a lot of mortality awareness. Mm. And I really appreciate having mortality awareness in the sense that I know that this human dream is not forever. (laughs) My my cosmic being continues to it until eternity. And this expression as Paola, you know, in Costa Rica, you know, living where I live with, you know, the people that I love with the teachings that I'm, you know, with everything that it's Paola, you know, I don't know if we'll repeat, you know what I mean? Like this experience is so unique that because anxiety comes or, or, you know, depression, which is, you know, being too much about the past, in my case is more about the future. I'm missing the sweetness of the moment, the richness of the moment. So it was that 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 invitation. Don't you know? Just just come back. You're fine here. All your needs are met right here, right now. So uh, and then the other thing, because you know the, the 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 feeling is that something bad is gonna happen to me. Like something wrong, something obscure. Some you know I'm gonna be hunted by something. You know, it's such a ancient fear. Um, that I kept also repeating, it just came to me, the phrase from a Course in Miracles that says, um, nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists. Here lies the peace of God. And so nothing um, real can be threatened, which is the love, the love of God, the love of the universe for us, for its creation. It cannot be threatened cannot be it's it's always intact and nothing unreal exists which is the anxiety and the worry that the fear it doesn't exist so every time i would entertain and you know when you're in an state of consciousness everything feels like triple um i would say the phrase and i would feel ecstasy like oh yeah this is the truth and i'll rest it, it it was yeah so i want i want to leave you know end with that those those phrases and that teaching um to trust the
2: present moment yeah
0: so such richness such wealth you're sharing with us paula i'm so mm-hmm. very grateful for these teachings and i sense our listeners are as well and um Mm, there's so much here to unpack. There's so much here that we as individuals can look at. Um, and so I invite our listeners to do that. And would you please gift us with a practice that currently, I, I know that you are, your, your spiritual practice is vast and it's always evolving and it's always expressing. It's not a stagnant, fixed thing. It is a living thing and so i'm asking today right now in this <laughs> dream circumstance what is a favorite practice of yours or will you guide us through um some some form of a visualization or something that we can gift to our listeners yes. live just now would you yes. do that for us please thank you paula
2: yes
1: okay so this is a practice it is my go to practice when um feeling chaos within myself or or I'm feeling like I forgot and you know, life is pressing and circumstances and situations are like oh feeling a little bit like a, con- a con- contraction in my heart. Uh, the first practice that I like to do is is very simple and you can look it up, Um, you can look up at the Center of Nonviolent Communication. They have two very important lists that I use all the time. And these are a list of feelings and needs. So when our needs are not being met, our emotional guidance system will, 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 will light up and be like, hey, 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 there's something going on here. Same when we're feeling great feelings, great emotions, our needs are being met. So... I like to understand myself. This is something for those of you that resonate with my ways. When you have knowledge, it it empowers you instead of just being in the darkness with it. So I go and look at this list. You just Google it, uh, nonviolent communication list of feelings and emotions, and you'll get it. And then I'll just go to the list of the emotions that arise when my needs are not being met. So I just scan very quickly. It takes me a minute. How do I feel in this moment? Oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling guilt. Okay, I got it. Then what do
2: I need? What do I need in this moment? And then I go to the list of needs because a lot of us have, um. we have illiteracy.
1: How do you say illiteracy? Oh, I can say that word. How is yes. this?
0: Yep, that's the word.
1: Yeah. Illiteracy. Illiteracy. Yeah, we have emotional illiteracy. Mm-hmm. And, and you probably have seen it with your own clients, even with yourself. Like, how do you feel? And then we start explaining the situation. We we get caught up in the circumstance. And then, no, how do you feel? Don't explain it. How do you feel? But we don't have the words, we don't have the language. So it's really good to get educated about your inner being. Um, and so after that i go and then what do i need in this moment what will be something that and and need that either you have people in your life beautiful people in your life that are willing to support you in that need or most of the time is the need that you can need for your own for yourself and this is the process of parenting yourself the way that you wish you were parent as a child Mm um and so then i ask myself what are the practices what what is it that i can the one practice that I can engage with to meet this need. I've been using this for years now. It's some, It's a constant in my life. It's It's a very, um, yeah, it's almost like I'm giving myself counseling. But then after that, after I, I arrive to my conclusions, and again, it doesn't have to take five minutes. I mean, it could be three minutes. Okay, I understand what I feel and understand what I need. Then I go inside. And lately, my favorite spiritual practice is to um, pray, come up with an intention, kind of like what we learned from Kim. So this is how, this is what I desire right now. And then I pray with that intention. Um,
2: Yeah, I pray affirming and declaring that love guides my life that I
1: don't have to have it all figured out, that, you know, those needs that I uh, I just said that I need, that they're in me, that God has already provided all those needs for me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what I, that those are my go-to lately. And you can go even a little deeper and I can guide everyone right now with that. Uh, and the way that we can go a little deeper, it's by doing an inner child uh,
2: visualization. So are we ready to do it? Yes? Okay. So I invite everyone to close your eyes. And just take a deep breath in and exhale. The first thing we want to do is we want to scan our body from head to toe. And I want you to notice where in your body you're feeling the most sensation. First, we want to spot it. Where do I feel the most sensation? And after you have said it out loud, oh, I feel it in my chest. I want you to breathe through that area.
1: You said, "I feel it in my chest. I want you to go with your awareness to your chest. It must have been also could have been your hips or your the
2: back of your neck doesn't matter where it is. Go there with your awareness and breathe through it. Now I want you to ask this sensation, what's your name? Perhaps if you did the
1: exercise that I just described to go to those lists of emotions and
2: needs, you already have a bigger understanding. Oh, I'm just feeling... Overwhelm in my chest, or I feel deep sadness right around my shoulders, or deep fear in my lower belly. Just notice where and what, and breathe through it. If you need more time, you may want to pause this audio, this podcast. And when you have spotted, you can come back to it and continue. So once you have that, you want to ask that emotion, can you show me the last time I felt
1: this way? And allow the emotion to take you into memory lane. Just notice the last time, not the first time, the last.
2: And you may hear, oh, it was this morning. Oh, it was last week. Oh, it was a couple years ago. Then what was happening? Just get curious. What happened that made you feel overwhelmed or sad or fearful? Oh, I was having this conversation with this person and that happened or I was watching. I was looking at social media and then I discovered this thing about this person. Whatever it was, just notice. What was it? And again if you need time more time pause and when you're ready hit play again now notice if the sensation stays in that area of
1: your body that you set first or if it has moved somewhere else it's almost as if we're chasing the the um, the, the the most dense emotion in your body, the most intense emotion, we're chasing it with our awareness, where are you going? Sometimes it stays where it was
2: and sometimes it moves to another place. Just notice that. You may say, ooh, and now I feel it in my throat. You may say, oh, what I was feeling kind of left me, but now I feel something else. So notice, now in this new space, or maybe it's the same space, you might want to ask again, am I still feeling the feeling that I said before? Or do I feel something else? Once you have that feeling spotted,
1: We're going to ask a similar question as before. And this time the question is, can
2: you remind me of the first time or one of the first times that I felt this way? And breathe. And just trust whatever comes to mind, even if it wasn't the first time. Just trust. And notice how old were you? Usually, these memories are from the ages from zero to seven.
1: Some of you might tap into maybe a little older. But if you
2: could go to those first years of your life and notice how old was I the first time I felt this way? And once you have that, I want you to go into that memory, the adult you, who you are right now. Go into that memory. And I want you to start walking slowly, gracefully towards
1: that child. If there are adults around that child, pause them, freeze them. Go into that classroom, go into that
2: bedroom, go into that Grandma's home, wherever you are, go there. Find that little girl, that little boy. Approach them with gentleness. And once you're there, tell that little boy, that little girl, hey, I'm here, honey, I'm here. You may want to say the nickname you had when you were a little girl, a little boy. You can just say, hey, my love, I'm here. I want you to look at this little boy, this little girl, innocent eyes. I want you to look into them and I want you to ask this little boy, this little girl, what did you need in this moment that you did not receive from a caregiver? That the adults around you couldn't give you? What did you need? And I want you to listen with your intuition, because sometimes children don't have the language. So listen with reverence to that little child. What did that child need? At that moment, at that that particular day, with that particular emotion, what did the child need? And breathe. I want you to give this little girl, this little boy, a beautiful hug. Just hug them. Embrace them in your arms. If you need more time, again, you can pause. Now I want you to fly away from that scene with the little boy, the
1: little girl in your arms. And I want you to fly away to a beautiful, beautiful space. You can make it up. It could be a space that you already love. And once you land into this beautiful new space, I want you to imagine
2: a golden light coming from the heavens. This golden light surrounds you in a bubble of love. You may even see that um, it shapes, shapes, shifts into angel wings. And this beautiful light whispers in your ear. Oh, you are so loved. You are seen. You are safe. The universe loves you so much. Receive those words. Make sure that little girl, that little boy in your arms also listens to this voice. Keep breathing. When you're ready, make that image the size of your heart. Maybe see it as a crystal ball. The
1: image of this beautiful light surrounding the adult you and the little
2: child in your arms. And put that image in your heart. And as you put that image in your heart, promise yourself, promise
1: that little boy, that little girl, the next time you're feeling big
2: emotions, you're going to make sure that you meet their needs first before meeting anybody else's need. She or he is first, second, and third. Take a deep breath in, exhale, and when you're ready, open your eyes, come back to the room. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Paula. Thank you.
0: The infant in me is so grateful for you.
2: Mm. Thank you. My joy, Amina. My joy. I love you. Love you, too.
0: Paula, I'm so grateful. Words do not suffice. I'm so grateful that you've agreed to come here in form and to wear your crown and to take your throne and to embody peace to share your wisdoms, to share infinite wisdom that belongs to us all so lovingly, so uniquely in your beautiful way. I love you. I I adore you. I I know that I am so very blessed to call you sister, hermana, mm-hmm. sorella, amiga. Mm-hmm. I love you. Thank you for this healing. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for being you. And to our listeners, we will post links and, um, and ways under this episode, with this episode, so that if you are pulled to, you can make a deeper contact and connection with Paola. You can sit with her as a spiritual practitioner, as a peace teacher, as a spirit guide. You've just tasted her capacity and your own beautiful, infinite nature. So please keep an ear open for another upcoming episode where Paola will be our guest again. And -hmm. these beautiful conversations will continue. Paola, I hope that you will come back again. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be here. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Thank you, amiga. You're the best. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for everyone for listening. This was um, it's a very special moment for me to be able to share this. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you, listeners. We love you, and we appreciate you. Peace to all.
1: bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: This has been a peace teaching. Thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation.
1: We love you, we appreciate you, and we bless your life.
0: Peace be with you.